Right, guys, thank you very much for downloading and pressing play on episode six of the Over the Hill podcast. Please make sure that you're following us on Spotify and you're subscribed on iTunes, CastBox, Google, TuneIn, wherever you listen to your podcast. Please make sure that you are following and subscribed so you never, ever miss an episode. Don't forget, on future episodes, we are going to be running the confession sessions and the dilemma section. So if you want to get involved with the show, this is your best opportunity. If you've got a confession to make that you don't want to make in public, but you do want to get it off your chest, then feel free to send it into the show. Likewise, with dilemmas, if you've got an issue at home, at work, whatever it might be, then do feel free to drop us a line at theoverthehillpodcast at gmail.com. That's theoverthehillpodcast at gmail.com. Get in touch with the show with your confessions and your dilemmas also use the email address if you're interested in being a future guest or you know if you just want to get in touch with the show and say hi feel free to drop us an email on today's show we've got the one and only his bitter truth who is part of house gospel choir and he's just an amazing vocalist in actual fact rather than tell you i'll just play you this clip what in the world is happening right now what in the world is going on what in the world can we do I think we can all agree that is an absolutely fantastic voice and we had an absolutely fantastic conversation so let's get into it right now this is episode six of the over the hill podcast featuring the one and only his bitter truth you are now listening to the over the hill podcast yeah we are we are right about now launching episode it's going to be episode six of the over the hill podcast and i'm really excited about my special guest today uh someone it's the first time i've done a podcast where i'm actually sitting and having a conversation with someone that i've never met and i don't have any background with it's also the first time i've had a singer songwriter on the podcast and it's also the first time that i've got someone on the podcast that i happen to also be a big fan of um he's uh, as i say he's a singer songwriter he's traveled the world performed the world not just on his own but as part of one of my favorite acts the house gospel choir he's recently had releases with my friend size says who's uh, over the hill podcast alumni and an absolutely massive recent release with house royalty Sandy Rivera. I've got with me today his bit of truth, aka Raf. Mate, lovely to see you. How are you? Hey, I'm good, man. What an intro. Jeez, no pressure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hopefully, hopefully he lives up to expectations. No, I'm, I, I know you will, man. It's it's just really great to actually have you on and and be able to shoot the shit. This kind of what the podcast is about is me getting the opportunity to sit down with people I really like. Um, so far it's been people that I'm friends with within this industry and other industries wow. and um, but yeah, now it's I'm finally here sitting with someone who I don't know, and yeah, I'm I'm you know a little bit a little bit nervous myself for the first time on the podcast. So um, oh, don't be nervous. Don't be. <laughs> so um, as as we touched on in the intro, there you've just had the uh, the track with Sandy Rivera, um, and you've yeah. been working with with my friend Sai says. 
have you always been into that sort of house music? Obviously, we you know we'll get into house gospel car as well, but has it always been house music or was it more um, a sort of soul and, and, and that kind of music for you? Yeah, so my kind of musical end, I guess, was very much soul and then very much the kind of old, old soul like Donny Hathaway and Stevie Wonder and Aretha Franklin and that very much, that really influenced how I write um, as well as sing. And it, what always attracted me to that um, genre in the first place was just the, the passion and the energy and the, the actual soul of it, that you, you really connected to it. It wasn't just like a like a kind of sung la 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 melody. There was like that passion and those guts and those vocals that I was just like, what the, can I swear? Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so, what the fuck is this? I was like, wow. And it really blew me away. And that that's what, that's always remained my kind of go-to and my kind of my roots, I guess. And then it wasn't until my mid, no, my early 20s well uni I guess so maybe like late teens early 20s that I kind of discovered house music through friends and um and it really was more of the soulful vocal house so again it was still those big vocals those like gospel vocals big diva vocals that I was attracted to because it was always the voice that gets me and then it'd be like the piano riffs and then the the bass and the rhythm and just that making you want to dance and then then Ibiza happened and discovered that whole thing and I was like wow (laughs) And um, yeah, got into the scene a bit up in Edinburgh because I had um, I had a bar, a uh, late night bar that I ran with family and I had lots of DJs and met people like Craig Smith up here and um, Fleur who um, runs Soul Heaven Records. And that's weirdly like years later, then I'd connect with Sai who would then, you know, there's a connection there as well. And I saw people like Paul Trouble Anderson DJing and like jumping a bike behind the decks. And I was like, oh my God. And like Kenny Dope and all these amazing DJs and then discovered all this other music that was still very much soulful for me. Um, and then along the way, discovered other types of house as well which I still love and I think for me it's very much I have I've got quite an eclectic taste in in music and I'm attracted to melody and vocal first and foremost but then other stuff really gets me going if it's like the rhythm or the the bass or all these different elements that speak to me in different ways that I'm I'm always open to that so I'm not someone who kind of closes myself off and go like no no I'm strictly soul or I'm strictly this it's like you know there's pop stuff that I love there's folk stuff that I love jazz I really love and all these different things and I think as an artist as well having your ears open in that way really educates you that's how you it's how you learn it's how you develop because you kind of well for me anyway I take like elements of that and in my performance or in my writing or in my kind of my voice and all these different things it rolls up into one so you're constantly developing and changing and fine-tuning and things yeah absolutely and, and I can totally relate to what you're saying it's something I've often said throughout my DJ career um me and Sai touched on it in episode one where I was talking about you know we were talking about bandwagoners and Sai's always been very true to one particular sound and just a slight deviation within that scene um whereas I mean myself and several other DJs have jumped around and one of the things that I always maintained whilst jumping around was I won't play anything that doesn't have a soul and I didn't care whether it was house music whether I was playing you know old school R&B sets I love my disco sets that's like where I come alive um 
but yeah, it's always soul. And I, I think for me, it was it was growing up with with a dad who was a DJ who loved George Benson and you know some of the other artists that you refer to, Aretha Franklin, etc., and Donny Hathaway especially. So um, yeah, I can totally relate to that man. Um, so you say you grew up in Edinburgh. Yes. Yep. Um, how uh, how long have you been sort of living around the rest of the UK? Because I I read somewhere I did try and do a little bit of research before we spoke. I read somewhere that you actually got a business degree at a university. Was it in Edinburgh? Yeah. So actually, I grew up just outside Edinburgh and then went to uni in Edinburgh, Edinburgh Uni, and um, I've got a two one honours degree in business, specialising in the psychology of business. And now I sing. <laughs> so, so what made you what made you make the change and, and sort of move across the rest of the UK? Um, so I got to the point where I was trying to do businessy stuff and I was trying to do musicy stuff at the same time. And then it got to the point where like something had to give. And I knew that I'd gotten as far as I could in Edinburgh with regards to my career. And I knew that if I wanted to kind of take it up and up a notch I had to move to London that was kind of where it was at and I was really you know blessed to have these amazing opportunities here like I got to support like Carly Anderson I supported Marlena Shaw up here um I'm back in Edmonds now and you know these amazing achievements for me there's you know this wee guy from outside Edinburgh and like you know getting to support these amazing artists but I just really wanted to level up so I I kind of took myself down and made, finally made the move but I, I was really shy so it took me like I didn't sing in public till I was like 21. Wow. I think so yeah I you know at school and all that like I never did the whole like I was never in the shows if I was I was like the narrator or <clears throat> I did like you know I was a, a goat or something like in the background <laughs> I was never I was never like up front I was really really shy and um but I just always wanted to sing. I had this passion. It was it was just me and my, my cousin knew that I could sing. So she we would always like fantasize about doing all these things. And eventually I kind of bit the bullet and um, I kind of went all in and I ended up, the first time I sang in public was an audition for a, a TV show. <laughs> um, for uh, this yeah, talent show on TV way back in the day before X Factor and all these things showing my age and um yeah I rocked up not having auditioned for anything in my life and just was like yeah I'm here to sing didn't bring sheet music wasn't prepared didn't know what I was walking into nothing and I was just like ah. I actually sang um uh Connor Reeves Earthbound I don't know if you remember that tune vaguely yeah yep. but um and randomly I ended up doing a gig where he was headlining. yeah you took me higher than I've ever been. Beautiful song. So I went in there like singing this, not obscure, but it wasn't like a mainstream song. And um, yeah, just threw myself into it. And then since then, like I ended up being a singing waiter and like kind of child by fire, really, like just chucking myself into it, having no like performance experience or anything. And then, yeah, went to Edinburgh and uh, went, took myself down to London and I have I was in London for 14 years and it's been it's been a ride like stuff, have you been stuff. have you been just like touring and doing like gigs as well as working whilst you've been here and just just trying to put things together has it just been one of those sort of typical journeys that you always hear about as someone's just doing stuff doing stuff doing stuff until something clicks and then you suddenly find a groove yeah I mean 
<clears throat> the weird thing for me is like, I've never really planned. I've never been like, all right, my five-year plan is this and I'm going to do this and then I'm going to do that. It, it's just not worked out that way for me. It's been one of those, you know, I'm a grafter. I work really hard. I put in the work and I'm passionate about what I do and it's gotten me this far, which I'm really proud of. And, you know, when I first moved down, I was working bar jobs and restaurants and then I was doing my own original stuff at the time, strictly just doing originals. But then I kind of segued into doing like function bands and like being the wedding singer and all that kind of thing, just because I thought, right, let me try and make more money out of my voice and then that will free up time to to write. And, and then I ended up like totally going left field and ended up getting swallowed into the world of like cabaret and burlesque and stuff through this job that I had and suddenly I was like rewriting lyrics to old jazz standards and making them quite filthy and singing <laughs> them with like this really trad jazz voice um and I was on stage in like nipple tassels and frilly knickers who knew but it was all fun it was all like part of like learning about performing and it was like using my voice in a different way performing in a different way and meeting different people and that's what excites me about it all like I, I just love the challenge of it all like I've done a bit of musical theater stuff I've done you know big stadium stuff I've done BVs I've been up front it like it all excites me and it keeps me going and it keeps life interesting and it's you know I've always got my main thing of like you know I want to I'm an artist and I want to write my own music and I want to put it out in whatever shape or form that is but um it's always exciting to me to try something new, try something different. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I think it's really important um, for any artist or, you know, anyone in any sort of musical field or even DJs, I'd say this too as well. I mean, I was a DJ for 15, 16 years and I would say that do as much as you can when you can. So whether it's radio, whether it's, you know, playing at these, whether it's a warm up set in a crap bar, uh, whether it's, you know, a wedding and you've got the equipment to do it, just do it because at the end of the day, it's another string to your bow you're going to learn more stuff and you can put a little bit of everything that you've got into a product that, you know, in, in your case is, is now blooming quite nicely. And, you know, for other people, they could go down a similar path. It just, it doesn't really matter what style of music or what genre you're into, or, you know, you could be anything, a guitar player, and I would recommend to do exactly the same thing. So it's great to hear you say, um, so you're in London and you're you're singing you're all over the place um you know you're, you're learning you're having fun from the sounds of things especially with the nipple tassels um <laughs> <laughs> how did the uh, how did the link up come with uh, with house gospel choir so you know when you're a solo artist hustling it's kind of lonely yeah. you're on your own you know you're you're doing your thing and I was kind of really craving I'd done a bit like I said like very briefly done a little bit of musical theater stuff and I really enjoyed that the camaraderie of it and the, the singing together aspect of it and I never really done any choir stuff like very briefly many years ago and then a friend of a friend had told my mate about this choir that she'd heard about and she she joined and it was like doing house music and gospel music and we were like oh that just sounds amazing why wouldn't you want to do that so she um, she was like, oh, do you want to go? And I was like, yeah, cool, let's do it. And it was like an audition thing. We didn't really know much about it. And it transpired that it was literally right in the corner from my house in Hackney. So I was like, oh, I've got no excuses really. And then my mate pulled out um, last minute and I was like, and it, I still, although I've done all this like performance stuff, you know, we flash forward and I'm doing all these gigs, I'm still quite a shy person. So put me into like a weird situation like that where I'm not really sure. I'm like, oh, I don't know. So I just thought, fuck, I'm going to do it. So I went and then, you know, flash forward, what was it now? Six, seven years, maybe? 
six years. I don't remember now. Many years. Um, well, I've been going to their gigs for uh, five years now. 2016, I think, was my first one. And I think you were there at the first one I went to. So, yeah, it's definitely been a while. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, so at first it was just this this amazing thing. And then my mate, flash forward, she ended up joining me, who's Lizzie Nightingale. So um, she she ended up getting involved down the line, which was great. Um, and what was I saying? <laughs> <laughs> we were just saying that you were, you were still quite shy and stuff before. Oh, so I went and then, yeah. So first of all, it was just this thing where it was like, you know, getting to sing in, in a choir and in harmony and it was really amazing. And this group of people who were like, you know, beautiful energy, beautiful, um, beautiful souls. And um, it just ended up um, sort of getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And suddenly, you know, I ended up getting a bigger role in it. I was helping out with kind of some sort of promo stuff at first and doing like videos for online and whatnot. And then it, that kind of progressed. And suddenly I was doing like vocal arrangements and then I was leading the choir um, at, at times. And then, um, that then developed, we'd start doing a uh, gospel brunch that I ended up taking um, on board and I kind of developed that with Matt and um, got, got involved with training as well. So it kind of grew and grew and became this huge thing. And, you know, it's culminated now into this, you know, we released an album on Ireland last year, last year or the year before, last year. Yeah, last year, I think, yeah. I've got lockdown brain um <laughs> so and now just now literally last week the um the special edition album came out which is amazing got some awesome remixes and stuff and yeah i've god the stuff that we've done together is just crazy 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 yeah it's been, I, 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 it's been great to watch the pro progression I, I was talking about it on uh, episode one of the podcast with Sai um, and you know he was saying how he met you guys when you came to my soul and you did the yeah. show there and stuff and I was I was tuned in because as I said to him like I've kind of well you know yourself I've messaged you countless times over the last few years just yeah. to say hi and I, I went to see you guys I think it was Christmas 2016 um, it was a really small show yeah. and it was when Chez was still the front woman and it was in this little hotel lobby um, in just off of just down by Mile End, I think it was. And uh, my friend, I, I was going through some crap at the time. Yeah. And I, was in, I was in a really bad way. And she was like, look, let's cheer you up. You know, we'll go out and get some food and then we'll go and see these guys. They they're a house. They're, they're a house group, but they sing gospel style. And I was like, really? Because that sounds like a dream. Like, don't play with me. <laughs> but we no, went and it was. <laughs> we we went and we were we were sitting down in this site as i say it was like a, just a hotel foyer it was but it was really intimate and just just chill and it wasn't like there was no real backing music a lot of it was just keys and stuff and it was yeah it was incredible and ever since then i've just kind of whenever i can i've gone to different events um jazz cafe was a particular highlight a couple of years ago for example but for you um and I kind of get the feeling Glastonbury might get a mention here, but what were some of the some of the bigger events for you and some of the the fondest memories traveling with those guys and and some as I say some of the biggest events that you've done? Um, I let, let's start with Glastonbury then, since you mentioned it. I think Glastonbury was twenty seventeen, and we got to sing alongside Annie Mac, and I got given the task of singing a cappella in the middle of our set in front of about 12,000 people, 13,000, I can't remember where they were, um, when doves cry, Prince, and yeah, shit myself, really. I was like, how is this going to go? And 
the way it happened, because obviously you're on stage, you're having to pitch a random note from pluck it out of the air. So we got the this thing that she she pressed like this um synth string that would come out so I could tune. And then I just started um singing the song and I was like, oh my God. But it was the most thrilling experience and it was just a joy and she's she's an amazing person to be around as well amazing energy so like rehearsal thing was really cool with her and working together and everyone um God, we've done done so many things going to singapore we performed part of like kind of the f1 thing that was an amazing trip um i don't know there's so many highlights kylie and jason for a random random one as well in the hyde park that was just like what are we actually doing is this real is this my life? I'm singing especially for you with the choir, with Kylie and with Jason. <laughs> and that was a huge card and televised. It was like, wow. But I think with, with choir, the main thing is the, it's the connection. I mean, for me performing, it's always the connection and that exchange of energy, which is so magic. That's what, why I love to perform so much. But with choir, it, it you you really get these amazing stories. Like you said yourself, like reaching out, people reach out and say, you know, how, how they've been affected and um just the the messages of the song are so empowering and so positive. Um and then that joyful noise of like all those voices together, and then the energy of the house element in it as well like you can't help but be affected by that in, in a, an amazing way and we've had people in tears people laughing people you know it's it's mad because you on the flip side we've got like our rehearsals every week and you're working hard and you're putting in the work and you know you're sweating and you're like right come on learn the parts and do this and do that and then you get up on stage and you like just like pour yourself out there and then, you know, for you, that's your job done. But then you realize afterwards the kind of the ripples of it um, when you get all these messages and you hear from people and you're like, oh, wow, that's that's like that's important work. Um, and it's, it's a beautiful thing to be part of. Yeah, it really is. And uh, mate, it's, uh, I get, it's a different energy when I go there, you know, everyone I've spoken to, I've, I've sort of dragged along to, to various events or other people that have seen me and they've texted me and gone, Oh my God, I just saw that choir. You keep bloody going on about, Oh, they're so good. <laughs> it's like, yeah, I fucking told you like they are that good. Um, and yeah, man, I, I'm, I'm so happy you guys have just constantly and continuously just stepped it up a level. The album was great. I haven't actually managed to sit down and, and listen to the remix album yet. Is it, I think it's re required um is the remix album uh yeah I'm, I'm i'm looking forward to it it's definitely on the playlist and yeah um i i messaged you guys a couple of times just to say how great the, the set was but you know you touched on it there there was one time uh southport weekender when they did it in finsbury park a couple of years ago um when i booked the tickets i booked them to cheer myself up from being in like a sort of a six-month slump and it was really crap and we got there i think you guys were on at like either two or three o'clock and we got there like 20 minutes to spare ran to the bar grabbed a drink ran straight to the tent just as you came on um and yeah we were blown away and there were, i had loads of friends there that i'd never again you know they'd never heard you guys they'd never seen you guys um and they were in the tent as well and then when we all sort of like went out for a breather after your set they were just like yeah okay yeah that was that was that was like the highlight of the day basically so um but yeah that's when i had to message you and i, I think i messaged mons and a couple of other people i was just like look thank you for today like it wasn't for me but i took it as if it was for me and, and it was great so yeah it, that, that does happen man it really does happen and it, it's good to hear an artist that you know 
and and a group that actually understand that because sometimes it's just a little bit like you feel like you're saying you know you know you're showing your appreciation and it's kind of going into the ether and people would never really know quite how much what you do means to them but it does and, and i'm glad you recognize it man um it's really great so obviously with hgc and and the tours and everything one thing i wanted to ask about was um how hectic the rehearsals are you mentioned rehearsals and we were just speaking <laughs> but how hectic is that and how 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 much is it to manage with so many of you guys and i, I know you've got like a a core set but you seem to you seem yeah. to have people that you know come and go and different people work with you at different times how how hard is it to manage those those uh those rehearsal sessions do you know what rehearsals are are crazy and amazing and nuts they're like they're therapy sessions there's just tears there's laughter there's sweat <laughs> um there's all of that rolled into one and um you know we've, we've been working together now most of us the kind of core team for like a long time so there's you know the familiarity there and you just kind of everyone fits into their their roles and everyone we will do it and you know harry the md and um nat and you know daniel thomas choir director and like you know all, all these amazing um characters and personas that all just mix to make this kind of um this this beautiful energy and this it, yeah it really is like therapy a lot of the time and I think again going back to it all links into like the messages of the songs that we sing it like sometimes we're there and we just you really hear the lyrics and you're like oh wow and there's days where um you know they might just hit a different way and you're like oh wow and you know you will need picked up because you, you'll be a mess on the floor and that's what should be great having working with such a big team of people because everyone's there to pick you up um, and then the next week it might be someone else's turn to be picked up and you know that's what we're all there for so as much as it's great here and it connects with you guys it's actually it does that for us as well yeah. um, and that's the power of music and that's that's what's so special about it and I think going back to that as well like I said with performance it's that the magic of that connection so you know there's all the different elements of it and all the different layers and like you hustle in the studio and you record and that's a whole other beast and then you get to the stage and that's where you really get to share it with, in that energy. And when you, you hit on, on a really amazing example, which was Southport Weekender at Finsbury Park that year, it was such an amazing gig. Like that's, I know for a lot of the guys in choir, that's still a highlight because of something just aligned and was just right in that moment that that entire tent was in synergy with the stage and us all on it and it just clicked and it was wild like we came off that stage we were on such a high and we we're walking around afterwards like going on all the rides and stuff and people were running up to us going oh my god amazing you're like yeah because we were still on a high as well we're like yeah woo and it just worked it was like because what we do as well we've done a lot of festivals and some of them you know they're more bandy festivals and that's great I and mean, it's cool to be part of those but the audience isn't necessarily they don't really know about the music that we do so they've maybe not heard it before but there you've got all these house heads that are like you know seasoned um 
anoraks half of them yeah yeah like they know that they know the music they know it so that's almost like more pressure because they're like they're like yeah i know this track i know every remix i know every vocalist has done it and they're like come on then show us what you got and then we do it and they're like oh, yes and you're like okay cool you you got it you we vibed and there was this whole thing yeah you just described my friends, basically. <laughs> <laughs> the majority of people I hang around with are DJs or have worked in the music industry. So yeah, that's that's pretty much how that day went for us, actually. Yeah, uh, it was it was great, and I was I was really happy. I'm a I'm a big Southport Weekender fan. I mean, I don't have tattoos, but if I did, you know, SPW might be one of them. Um, and I've been to quite quite a few of their events when they were doing the actual weekenders and and obviously the the day festivals as well. And I remember when when they first came back and I think six months after they first come back was the first time I saw you guys. And I was like, they have to, like, they, they, they're just a perfect fit for that event. Like it's just, and yeah, I'm, I know it's supposed to be, I know they're doing one in September this year. I'm not sure if you guys are on that or if you're on the one that they're doing in March next year, but um, you know, if it's the September one this year, I think I'll be front and center again. So um, <laughs> I look forward to it. Um, yeah. So HGC, um absolutely kidding it uh before we move on to your solo stuff i've seen today that you guys have got a billboard what the hell is going on where is uh, it where, where is this billboard do you know what i can't i don't know yet because it's in, they've been, we've been posting it. we have like whatsapp groups we're like posting about it going oh my god we're not billboard um so yeah this billboard we had one up in the middle of last year but it was only up for a few days and then they've put this one up for the actual album that was for black history month i think the first one if i recall properly um and then this one's like a the ad for the album which is really cool so it's nuts i have not actually seen it because i'm up in edinburgh now um so i've not gotten to see it in real life but it's been amazing seeing everyone's like posting clips of it like running up against it so. yeah i'll see that i was i was i was had the biggest smile on my face and just thought oh, it's just coincidental that you happen to be jumping on the show on the same day i've seen that's pretty cool yeah. um so yeah, uh, uh, you know, HGC, obviously a huge part of, of what you do, but your solo stuff is, you know, in the last six to eight months alone has just sort of gone leaps and bounds. And I was, I was so happy when I saw that you were working with Sire, who was sort of an inspiration for me when I was a teenager. I've known Sire a very long time um, and a really cool guy. Um, you know, we, we spoke about how you guys sort of met, obviously, and he was telling me how... Um, you know, he's been looking for a vocalist uh, since I think it was Cleveland, since he's not been working with Cleveland. Yeah. And he was he was saying that, you know, you were the perfect fit. And I totally agree. What was you know, what was the thought process when Sai hit you up? Was, you know, were you just immediately straight on it or was it just more of a, a casual thing for you? Not at all. So for me, like I'm always up for collaborating with new people. I'm always on the lookout for new people to work with and um new new adventures really just to see what what you can make because there's nothing better i think than when you get together with one two three four people and you know bring all that you have to the table and then see what all that can fit together and make um so i always love that like for me i'm always up to speak to anyone whoever it is i'm never like oh you know how many followers do you have or you know is this going to be on a major label it's like for me it really boils down to the what the product is what the music is and if I've, if i vibe on it i'm always up for doing something together um and yes i we met um on his radio show when the choir went in and we did this live session and um we we got chatting on insta after and then um i was kind of finding out more about him and 
he was like, oh yeah, we should do some stuff together. And then a few months passed and I hadn't heard. And I was like, it's one of those things like, should I message him again? I don't want to annoy him. Like, just leave it. Will I wait? Will I play it cool? <laughs> um, and then we got chatting and it was kind of, it ended up being almost at the start of lockdown. So he was like, yeah, man, I've got this track. I'm going to send it over to you. And um, he sent me what is now what in the world. Um, and... I heard it and I was like, oh, I love this vibe. It's so up my street and the soulfulness of it. And um, I was like, right, I need to write. So I'd set up my home studio, like I bought a mic in and everything. Cause usually I'd always go out to a studio to record. Um, I was like, right, set myself up. And I went up and I was like, right. And obviously we were just at the start of this lockdown thing. And I'm like, what in the world is going on? What's happening? And it literally was that simple. And it just came out. The chorus just fell out of my face. It was just like, bleh. They're done, loving it, it works, this is what it's going to be. And it wrote itself, it was really easy to write because it was just, it was so of the moment and really how I was feeling and how everyone was feeling, I think. And um, the track just built up and built up and then we got Cleveland and Lizzie on the BBs as well, which was amazing. And um, uh, yeah, it was just, it was, an, it was a really amazing experience. And then we got to know each other a lot more as well. And then it was just this beautiful exchange of energy with us as, too, like getting to know each other um, in that way, because it was still very much just all online. Um, and um, I'm, I'm really grateful that we met just on a personal level, because he's, he's such a great, great guy that you knew yourself. He's just a beautiful energy to be around. And what was funny was we met each other at very kind of crucial points. Um, in both our lives like I was very much at a point where I was really I'd kind of forgotten about me a little bit like about um what who I was or what I was capable of and um it's just one of those troughs moment I'd been on a peak and I'd gone into a trough because you know being being an artist is is tough going because you don't have a boss telling you like you know yes you can do this or some people are lucky to have managers I don't I've always done it on my own so um to be your own kind of motivation at all the time is kind of shit sometimes and sometimes you're kind of down um so we met at one of my down points which was really cool to have that experience and I had the time again to write, which was great. Well, enforced because obviously we're in lockdown. <laughs> um, so I was rediscovering that whole side of myself um, in a really kind of pure and basic way again and just loved the process of it. And then he really connected to what I'd written too. So, um, yeah, it was kind of quite a, quite a great um, moment of planets aligning putting us together and then this track coming out and then what in the world came out and which was amazing to have the feedback we did on it and then um moving on from there we got raise you up which just came out as well which has been really great and that raise you up ugh, so i wrote that late summer um and we were kind of finessing it along the way and there was other sort of bits and pieces and we there's like about, I don't know, another three tracks in the pipeline as well. We've been working hard. <laughs> but um, I got hit quite hard by the whole current pandemic thing um, where my dad passed um, in November. So things got a bit dark and I suddenly found myself back up in Edinburgh after being in London and the family and in this horrible situation. And 
Sai sent me this message. I'm sure he won't mind me telling you. Um, he basically was just sort of reached out and just was really supportive through the whole time. But he sent me a clip of Raise You Up. And it was a kind of intense moment because suddenly I was singing back to myself these words about, you know, I know you're down right now, but I'm going to lift you up. And it was just, it was a really surreal moment of, you know, you, you write something and suddenly it takes on this whole other meaning for you. Um, and it was really beautiful. It was like, you know, we're still connected through this music and um, it was really important for me to hear those words. Um, it still is like, it's it's weird how I've pretty much written, written it. I was writing it for someone else because it's about, um, I kind of wrote it for friends. It's like, you know, I, I see that you're down and you've helped me up in my time of need, but now it's my time to raise you up and together we can make it through. And suddenly it was like, actually I'm saying it to myself. It was like, you know, you need to help yourself, raise yourself up and obviously have friends around you as well that are doing that for you. But um, I think it's important. It's something that I've, I've said often through life and, you know, we, we've all had our struggles, um, not just in the last year, obviously yours are uh, pretty pretty high level struggles man it's 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 not great um to say the least but yeah it's something I've always spoken about when during my own struggles and stuff over the various years is everyone tends to be their own worst enemy sometimes and I think that I think it's really important to be your own best friend as well so being able to write a, a song for someone else but also for yourself during the time that's you know quite possibly one of the hardest things you're ever going to have to go through in life mate it's it's I think it's the most beautiful way to deal with it and something amazing's come out of it that's also again going to touch so many people myself included you know it's it's a beautiful thing and and what an amazing story for that track man it's it's such a great song thank you man I'm really I'm really proud of it I'm really happy we got it out and like so humbled and honored for it to be the first track on um, size label as well it, it works with the name of the label though as well which is yeah, yeah. it was one of those kind of synergistic moments which was really cool and um yeah it's just sort of hustling and pushing forward with it all and just it is again it goes back to the power of music and how you know, you can listen to a track. There's for me, like, there's different ways of listening to music. You can just listen to it and like, yeah, that's a cool groove, and you bop along. You're like, yeah, that's cool. But then you can listen to the layers of it, and it's like, if someone wants to, then they can dive dive deeper in. They might still like, they might like the melody, and they're like, la 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 la. They'll hum along, and they'll still, that's all good. But then you get someone that actually like, um, listens to the lyric, and that's why lyrics are so important to me, anyway. Like, you're telling a story, and to have messages in there that can actually help or like speak someone's feelings out loud for them or like give them a give them a kind of idea that they're not the only one that feels like that they're they're not weird for feeling that way there's you know there's a light at the end of the tunnel you can reach out to someone else um like all those things it's it's a really beautiful thing to be able to do um and part of a big part of why I do what I do is, is that to have that connection and for people to get in touch and be like, wow, that, you know, um, you know, they really connect to that lyric or that story or that message. Like that's, that's an amazing thing. Like what, you, you know, what a beautiful thing to be able to connect with someone on, on that kind of level where you, you know, 
we're all so busy in life, hustling and running around, head down, especially in somewhere like London, it's so busy. Everyone's like, you know, barely say anything to anyone. So then to be able to have, create something that makes that connection happen um, is oh, fucking amazing, really. It's important. And sadly, it's something that we've all missed out on in the last the last year. Um, it's been trying and testing for so many of us you know I've, I've spoken about it on a podcast of you know lost relatives to covid myself and uh, a colleague and stuff and it's just been you know it's just been awful it's just been bloody crap for so many of us but um you know as 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 uh what in the world says you know you need the you need the rain for the flowers to grow and um and hopefully out of this uh horrible horrible times and beautifulness will continue to grow especially uh in the form of music and Mate, it's you, you, those tracks in particular. Um, right, it's it's weird because last summer I was doing okay, but then I heard what in the world, and it was just like it, it put things into a different perspective. As you know, you heard on episode one, I was telling Sai, I just I was on a bus going from Fulham to Westminster, and I just played it on repeat for like half an hour. The first time I heard it, I was like, oh my god! And then raise you up as in the last couple of weeks, myself, I've just I'm I'm done. I'm so fucking done with this lockdown stuff now. I'm just yeah. like I have had enough. I want to go back to my job. I don't want to do work from home anymore. I want to see people. I don't want to sit here and do this on Zoom with you. I want to sit with a cup of tea in the studio and do it. You know, like that kind of thing. And yeah hearing raise you up and you know that coming out in the last couple of weeks is you know again it's 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 one of those moments where it's just like yeah you know we're gonna do this it's it's all good um and you know being able to sit here and talk to you about it and and hear that you know it is normal to feel like that and stuff you know hearing it from the artist perspective is it's quite warming mate i've got a that warm fuzzy feeling that only music can give i think it's um it's a really it's a really great feeling um so raise you up is out now on raising records um sending a big shout out to size says and um to, to all of the crew over at raising my old friend my old friend um wes wint is is bringing out a, a great record on there as well this yeah. week so um so yeah lot, massive things for Sai. hopefully with the label and 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 hopefully i hear a lot more collaborations as you say you've got a couple of tracks in in the works been working hard i'm in the pipeline because so <laughs> yeah it just it's really cool just keep working with um the same person because you get to develop together and in, in a way and uh, to start working on something like a sound and the, the, the tracks coming up as well they're very different from the other two um which is cool oh sorry um very different from the other two tracks as well so yeah i'm excited to to get them out so with um with the stuff that you've currently got out the latest release is with um I, I didn't see it coming. It sort of hit me from left field. It's like <laughs> anybody did. <laughs> we're talking when we talk about um, like real legends of house music. Um, there's a lot of names you can reel off. Um, there's you know a lot of names that people have heard, um, but there's also names that are under aliases um, and you know have various different ones. And Kings of Tomorrow, a.k.a. Sandy Rivera, is one of those people that has performed under so many different names, but everything he does just seems to be magic. Um, he's actually been responsible for producing several of my favourite all-time tracks. Um, how the hell did that collaboration come about and the latest <laughs> single that you guys have put out? So, uh, so let's flash back 20 years and one of my... The, one of the big tracks that really caught me was finally Kings of Tomorrow. And I was like, that track, still now, 
every fucking time I hear it just floors me I'm just like this tune um so that for me already was just like what what in the world is happening right now <laughs> plug, plug. um so I just reached out I reached out on insta and I was like hey Sandy he just um, released white flag with Alex Mills oh my god um, I, that, it's a great great yeah. great record yeah that's a tune so I I know Alex um through kind of mutual friends and we flung out a little bit and um I heard randomly I think Sai played White Flag on the Clubify set that we did together on the inside the live stream thing. And um so I was like I messaged, I think I tagged him in a post or something and then I messaged and I was like, oh hey man, you know if you're ever looking for a, a male vocalist, because that's the thing in house music, there's a lot of female vocalists. It's quite female heavy, which is great because there's some amazing vocalists. So, but normally from my experience, like house producers tend to more, they, they're attracted more to like a more female vocal on tracks. So I was like, you know, hey man, you know, if you ever fancy having a, a male vocal on a track, let me know. And he's like, yeah, well, well you, let's do something. I was like, huh? <laughs> okay. <laughs> and then the same, like at the bit of time had passed and he was like, oh, well, I'm just getting my album finished up and I'm getting that out. So let me get that out of the way. And I was like, okay, cool. So a couple months passed. I was like, should I message again? Roll message. I'm like, fuck, I'm going to message. So I'm like, hey, Sandy, do you want to remember you wanted to do the track? Do you want to do something like that? And then he's like, yeah, man. So I sent him some um, things I'd already written. So we started working on this track um, around about Christmas time, just gone. And then, so we're back and forth working on this track together. And then he called me up one day and he's like, right, I've got this track. I've got this idea. Just hear me out. And I'm like, okay. And he's like, right, you know Billy Jean? I'm like, uh-huh. He's like, right, I've got this, I've got this beat, and I think it'd be really cool to do Billy Jean on it. Have a listen, I'm gonna send you the link. So he sent me the link, and I was like, oh yeah, I hear it. So I went home and I recorded this like rough version of it, and then realized it's about 1,200 keys higher than the original. <laughs> so when it came to the chorus, I was like, oh geez. And I hadn't been singing for that much for the past sort of five months prior to this because obviously everything that was going on and um so my voice wasn't up to scratch so I was just like oh this is a struggle so I sent it over and he's like yeah man we can make this work so we put it together and it was supposed to be a, a free track we were going to put it out for free and then um Sandy ended up doing a an interview with this guy in Germany called uh, DJ Twism and he's like, oh, man, I don't want to release this. I want to release this. Don't, don't put it out. Don't put it out. So he ended up signing it uh, to his label, Soul Legends. And then, yeah, it came out, like, last week. Yeah, we could go today. Yeah. Tomorrow. We could go tomorrow. Um, which is nuts. So that's out now exclusively on Track Source and Spotify. I think by the time this podcast drops, it will probably be everywhere, yeah. I think. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Um, no, it's, it's a great track. And, yeah, as soon as I heard it, I went, excuse me <laughs> so that's cheeky um uh, no yeah it's it's a really really great track and yeah as you say finally for me is uh, it's really difficult because i don't like to say i've got a favorite track or something like that i mean there's there's one track for me that stands head and shoulders above every other record ever made and that's the album mix of the braxton's the boss masters at work 
album mix. That for me is is the greatest record that's ever been made. Nothing will ever touch it. But underneath that, there's so many house records that I couldn't, I can never sum up. And it's funny because um, I was talking to you know Calico who did the filming at yeah. uh, My Soul. We go way way back um, to like from DJing and stuff. And he was talking about interviewing me on his YouTube channel for the podcast and you know doing some back and forth. And he sent me a list of questions and it was just like you know have a think on this and you know what would you like to say and one of them was favorite house vocalists um and whilst i haven't got a favorite house track for me undeniably my favorite house vocalist is julie mcknight and obviously finally is a big part of that but you know home and diamond life and just so many ridiculously big tracks that she's been on and if you've ever seen her perform live she sounds like i think the greatest compliment i could ever give someone who's a performing artist is they sound identical to the record but better yeah. like yeah. and when when i've heard her live usually it's been at southport about four or five times she's sounded just like her records but but up you know that old phrase of turn it up to 11 you know she's like that but it's impeccable, absolutely impeccable. And yeah, you know, the fact that, you know, you're now on Sandy Rivera tracks when, you know, she was one of the people that kind of, you know, made that, well, she made that record famous, at least the Kings of Tomorrow yeah. finally track is, uh, it's crazy. It's like a mad connection, man. It's, it's nuts. It is really nuts. And like, so that record for me, like I said, Sandy, as well, I was like, this is a lot of pressure. Like, <laughs> I was trying to my mate, I'm like, first of all, it's with Sandy Rivera. That's number one. Second of all, it's a Michael Jackson song. And I'm like, this is a lot of things. And I was trying to be stay calm and I was like, right, I'm recording this. And when I was doing it, like I was trying to, I did not want it to sound like a karaoke record, like a bad karaoke. Yeah. And for my part, not from um, Sandy's part, I just didn't want the vocal to sound like a really amateur, bad karaoke thing you know you you know the type that you get in like the supermarket you get people that they do the covers in the supermarket and I was like I didn't want to sound like one of those singers trying to sing Michael Jackson so I tried really really hard to make it mine to like put a twist on it the arrangement as well I tried really hard to sort of tweak it enough to make it my own but not too much to ruin the original like what people love about the original um and hopefully I've done it. I'm really proud of what we've done. I, I love it. Um, and, you know, Sandy's production and like vocal production on it, I think is fucking amazing. But um, yeah, feedback so far has been great. So I'm really excited to sort of have it out and see where, see where it goes. If anyone hasn't heard it, I'm going to post the link to um, to a lot of Raf stuff on the uh, bio of the podcast episode. So if you're listening on Spotify or iTunes, you can just scroll through and be able to tap the link and and it will direct you to his latest releases. So I'll make sure to do that. Um, speaking of um, speaking of, as I say, Sandy Rivera's had various aliases over the years. Where did you get the name His Bitter Truth? His Bitter Truth. So I've been doing. So I was speaking before about like, you know, having an eclectic taste in music and it's always been rooted in soul. But I've done so many different things over the years and I always went under a raf, which is my name. Um, and I'd put out so many different things. I put out like solo stuff and collabs and like, you know, techno stuff and deep house stuff, like so many different things. And it, I'd done so much over so long that it just started getting a bit muddy and I got to the point where I was like do you know what I want to start from scratch and I wanted to just do something brand new 
with a focus on something different and just to kind of revive myself more than anything. Um, and the name, I don't know, you know, I don't really know where I got it from. It just, oh, actually, yeah, no, I do remember where I got it from. So I remember having a conversation a very long time ago. I don't think I've told Charlene this. So another amazing vocal with Charlene Hector. Um, she sings with um, Basement Jacks and does amazing stuff as well. Um, we, I remember I was DJing one night um, in this little bar in, in Shoreditch and she came along and we were having a wee dance and we were chatting about um, being an artist and, you know, how hard it is and we're talking about, you know, trying to motivate yourself. And I remember she said to, she said to me, he's like, you know, but don't, make, don't let it make you bitter. And I was like, oh, love, that ship has sailed. <laughs> I was like, oh, it's way too late. And um, I wrote, I ended up writing a song with this guy in New York um, that I collabed with. We never, I never got finished, sadly. But, um, it was called Bitter Get the Better. And it was about don't let the bitter get the better of you. And um, I kind of like the idea of this, because I'm quite a visual person. So I've always got, kind of full shebang in my head when I'm like thinking about stuff like the, how the show look, you know, what the band is, da, da, da. Um, so I kind of like the idea of like, ladies and gentlemen, his bitter truth. And that just really resonated for me. I wanted it to be uh, faceless at first as well and not be about me or who I am or what I look like. Or I just wanted to be about the voice, the music, and that's it. Um, so make it more anonymous. So at the start, ever I didn't have my face on anything. Um, I didn't have my face on the Insta or anything like that as well. It was just very much the music and just random images and things. And um, yeah, that's it came out from that really. And just that that want for something new and something a bit different from everything else that I'd done. Um, and I'm really glad that I did. I wasn't sure how it was going to go. <laughs> and, like start from scratch is scary as well. Like on socials, you're starting from like zero followers and you know, today's is all about followers and socials and stuff like that. So building that up again, um, having done so much of that with RAF, music, like RAF and all the stuff I'd done under that name. Um, but yeah, it's been great. And now, now it's sort of been snowballing like different releases with different people and um, also doing stuff um, on my own solo stuff that I want to release under that. Um, and then on top of that, I've got, I'm still working on other music under other names. So I've, during lockdown, I ended up starting a new band, uh, a trio. So we kind of did the bar restaurant um scene before uh, lockdown happened. And we used to do like covers and all that kind of thing. So uh, the keys player went back to New Zealand, me and the drummer were in um, London. And then we were like, oh, let's do something. Let's like do, do a cover, record a cover or something like that. And then the keys player had ended up, he's like an amazing multi-instrumentalist and he ended up doing this wicked beat. And he sent me, the first track we did actually, he sent me was an idea for a cover and it was God Only Knows, the Beach Boys. Okay. This is really like amazing kind of solely jazzy kind of interpretation of it. And I was like, he's so he's like, oh, do you fancy singing on this? I'm like, yeah, man, fine, I'll do it. I'm at home, I'm not doing anything else. Let's do it. <laughs> and then suddenly we've got that done and we've got about five other originals we ended up doing. So we've now started this new trio called And In The Quiet. So I'm all about these obscure names now. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, so in the, and in the quiet, it kind of comes from that whole, you know, when the world went quiet, we ended up creating this thing. Um, so this music came out of this moment of, of change. And um, I get a feeling so if, if you can build more aliases, you could make your own story. So and in the quiet, his bitter truth. I, I think, you know, we, there, there's a paragraph coming here somewhere. <laughs> well, I'm going to have to do that now. <laughs> And in the quiet is with the truth. Oh, yes. What, what can the next line be? I'll have to think about that. But yeah, it's just exciting to me to like do different things. And I'll probably still release bits under Raf. Um, but just now I'm really focused on his better truth and this other project and in the quiet. Um, hopefully getting something out on that really soon. Yeah. So what's um what's the next steps? Have you got um bookings as as his bit of truth coming up later in this year is there anything planned and obviously is there anything planned of hgc later in the year as well um so yeah life life is very different for me right now um because of what happened with family i'm now up in edinburgh and i'm doing um working in the family family business doing property stuff and things so um, so I'm looking at like tile samples and buying tile adhesive and meeting builders and doing all this kind of crazy stuff. At the same time, releasing music with Sandy Rivera and releasing music with Sandy <laughs> And it's like, well, it is, it's fun. still really good that you're able to to do some kind of day job, though, especially during a time like this, because as I say, man, this this working from home lark is yeah. not it was it was great for a little bit. But now it's just yeah. it's it's not great. But um. But yeah, so so you're you're clearly keeping busy. But um, yeah, yeah. What, what are the short term plans? Short term, it literally is just writing and recording because I can do that from where I am at home. Um, down the line, I, do you know what? I kind of don't even want to plan anything down the line because it's so unclear and we keep popping and changing. Like appointment, <sighs> like people are like booking holidays and then having to refund them or like postpone. I'm like, why do that to yourself? It's just stressful. Just we, we, do you know what we did? I was so stressed. We went, um, it was my girlfriend's birthday in August. And obviously last summer things did get to a stage where everything had really calmed down. And, um, she was her 30th birthday. She wasn't really going to be able to do anything with her friends. Cause you weren't really, you know, supposed to have indoor gatherings and stuff like that. Yeah. So I said to her, look, we both need a break. She works in the NHS. So she's been, you know, at the cold phase of all of this shit. So um, I booked us a trip to Italy and it was like the only country that wasn't on the list and it had the lowest COVID numbers and I'd never been. So um, it was just like leading up like the two or three weeks in the build up to us leaving another country got put on the list then another country, then Spain, then this. And it was just like completely shitting myself until the time that we actually finally managed to fly out. The second we got on that plane, I was like, I don't care if we have to quarantine when we get back, we'll do it. I don't care. We're, we're going. That's it. We're gone. So, um, yeah, it was totally stressful, man. Just trying to plan anything. It was just like I lost like way more hair than, than I care to even think of. Um, but, yeah, I, I'm happy we did it. But, no, I'm with you. It's um, trying to actually get anything together is it's scary man it really is and e even worse now given what we've just been through over christmas and stuff it's just awful i mean you know i i'm kind of just taking it for me right now it's a day by day thing i'm literally just waking up and getting through the day and um it's been amazing and really cathartic for me to have this these releases to kind of keep me busy and um to keep me sort of moving forward and to keep me up really um and 
I've still been doing a bit of writing, but it's kind of a bit harder right now to get into that just headspace wise and trying to find, trying to find those windows where that's open to me that I can sit down and write something and record. So there's, there's bits and there's bits in the pipeline still remnants from like all the work I was doing last year. Cause I was just like a writing machine last year, just doing all these, all these pictures and like all these things. So there's a few singles and sort of in already ready to come out which is cool but you know it's so weird like I look back you know when Insta throws you back like um you know this time last year this was yeah. and I look back and I'm like I, it actually it doesn't seem like it's me it's really yeah. weird like I see myself on these stages performing and I'm like I did that weird that's mad <laughs> and it is it is a book and I I kind of pray I get back to that just now I can't even see it I I kind of it's too it's too much really to even sort of even start to think about that um so I just like I said I'm I'm taking it day by day which is what I recommend to everyone because a lot of my musician mates are all like oh you know we've got these new dates and we're you know excited I'm like look I'm not being pessimistic but just brace yourself because yeah. we've seen nothing really going to plan so far but just be be prepared and my kind of way of getting through most of this was just to try and normalize that this is just how it is so do the, do the most with what you have available to you because yeah. if you're constantly pining about what you don't have which is you know it's a big thing in life that I learned anyways like if you're constantly going oh I don't have this or I don't have that you're just gonna waste your fucking life because you're just like constantly like Ugh. but if you take a moment and appreciate what it is that you do have what you can do what is available to you and I know easier said than done but if you do put more energy into that side of thinking it really helps you I think it can really um it can really navigate you through this horrible horrible shitty horrible time <laughs> yeah um, no it's it's it's, it's yeah. true and it, I'd like to just say quickly whilst we're here that you know um if anyone is feeling at the end of their tether with what's currently going on, first of all, I would like to say that better days are coming. We don't know when, and they probably will fuck up a couple of times before they do come, but they are coming. Um, but also, you know, if anyone's feeling feeling too dark or too down, the Samaritan's number's always open. And also, if you wanted to ever shoot the shit, my email is always open, the over the hill podcast at gmail.com. Um, I, I mentioned the email address because I also... Um, I'm going to be starting a session probably on the next on the next episode. I think we've just missed out um, called the confession sessions, which um, I'm encouraging people to email in um, uh, just anything that they've never been able to confess fully um, and uh, get myself and my guest will be uh, will be judging them to the harshest of extents. And also we're going to do a dilemma section as well. Um, so we'll, we'll hopefully get you on for another episode and, and do some some of that with you. Um so yeah but yeah going back to it um anyone who's 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 feeling in crisis the samaritans always there and you know as as we've said on the show um better days are coming and and hopefully soon hopefully soon because i'm i'm a little bit done with it all myself as well outside of um the the covid stuff and music and everything else pre-pandemic times normal life um what are your interests outside of outside of performing and, and music um God, to be honest, I never really had time for interests. <laughs> <laughs> um, I I work I work 
hard. I work really hard. Um, I do so many different things. I do like choir. I, I, I'm the music curator for a members club in, in Soho. I do like vocal coaching. I do like so many different things that I don't often have much time to myself. But um, I've been doing a lot of yoga, which has been really good because I've always wanted to get into it more for the kind of mindfulness aspect of it. Um, um, it kicks like your ass as well. Yoga absolutely kicks your ass. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> There's moments where I'm like, I'm never going to make that shape. But I've now slowly, after a long time, managed to kind of do things that I didn't think I could do. I'm still very basic, don't get me wrong. But I'm like, oh, cool. I can like balance on that leg now. Like I can actually vaguely reach my toes, which is always a treat. Um, uh, what else do I do? I love drawing as well. I used to do for, again, for the mindfulness aspect of it, I used to do a lot of life drawing classes. Um, drawing, I would never model. Um, and I, I would just love because for like three hours, I would completely zone out and just like disappear into the page with my pencils. And um, yeah, just finding that time, that quiet. I keep plugging myself, it's great. And in the quiet, <laughs> you find these moments where you just to kind of really still your mind because especially being somewhere like London it, it can get really manic and doing something like what I do which is you know you're constantly hustling you're constantly like promoting yourself and always on always on always on is really important and I sort of discovered that a lot last year because I did it you know suddenly I had all this time on my hands to kind of put more effort into it of like really working on myself um working on my uh like just mental health really in the, in the sense that you know you're taking that time out to s just really take um stock of what it is that you're doing because for me at least you know you do one thing and you're 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 straight onto the next thing there's never that moment for you to like appreciate it or or like have that moment and go oh I'm really proud of that I'm like proud of myself for doing that um which is so important to do I think because it's all about the journey right so you know you, you 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 waste not waste you spend all this time you know constantly like next thing next thing next thing and you're like god wait there's all these moments that I'm completely missing because I'm so busy looking at the, what's next that you know you, you do yourself a disservice so taking time out that's what I was using these things for like just to really take a time out and breathe and really um, relax, which I didn't often get to do. <laughs> no, it's 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 important to take time out. And it's it's like you say with London life. It's um, it's something I've been struggling with as of late. I mean, I was born in London. I've always lived here. I'm so used to it. It's part of who I am. But like. I'd always have the opportunity to go and see family that live down in like Devon and, and other places and, you know, kind of get away. And obviously we've not been able to do that for over a year now. Um, but it was nice when we went, when we went away, it was nice. I, I think I finally felt relaxed and at peace when we got to Lake Como when we were in Italy and we were just able to, to jump on a boat and just, just go out. And you know, there's, there was people around and stuff. We were on this ferry and, but it didn't feel like there was, it just kind of felt like it was us. And, you know, so I mentioned on episode one, he loves being around the water and I'm, I'm exactly the same. If you, you know, stick me, I mean, I live two seconds away from the Thames, which is cool, but it's also very busy around here. But, um, 
but yeah, if you if you put me on like a on a lake on a boat, even if I'm just on my own, I'll just be the happiest person on the planet at that time. And I think that was the one time I sort of stopped last summer when we got out there. I sat on the boat and I was just like, you know, just like that decompress of like shit, man. Like I'm living in this absolute rat race, and sometimes I don't realize the toll it takes on me. So, yeah totally relatable totally relatable have you been uh it's a question i've been asking a few of my guests have you uh have you done any netflix binging while you've been while you've been uh in solitude or oh god well at the start i was making these silly cooking videos to pass the time so that was fun and then <laughs> i was making a banana loaf almost one every couple of days which was not good living on your own having a whole banana loaf there staring at you um whilst i was eating the banana loaf i was doing lots of netflixing and Netflixing, sure, that's a word. Yeah. Um, binging lots of series, it's all kind of merged into one now. But yeah, there's been some amazing shows out there, um, which is crazy. Well, see, we're on the cusp of a rant. So, <laughs> so we're binging on all this amazing talent and all these, like, all this entertainment. And then the people that create this stuff were completely just shat on by yeah. the government. Yeah. And, they had the balls to tell people oh, you should retrain. Un- unbelievable. Yeah, we, we've spoken about it a couple of times on this podcast. I had a guy on episode three called Simon Hockness who works for a company called It's Gone Viral. And they interview a lot of celebrities and stuff. I mean, just before my podcast, he interviewed Leslie Mann. And yesterday he put out a video of him interviewing Ken Jeong um, from The Hangover. And he's part of the new Tom and Jerry movie. I'm just like, well, I'm sandwiched in between two Hollywood superstars. This is fantastic. But yeah, we were talking about it. And, you know, he was just talking about the, the cinema industry and stuff because obviously he goes to a lot of screen ends and yeah. things like that and yeah we were just saying you know why didn't you retrain as as a as a carer and it's just like who the fuck are you <laughs> like, what's going on here so yeah that whole retrain business that um yeah that pissed me off no end i like, really did i, I, I couldn't uh, believe I it was on the government website i don't know if you did but um i was like right let me see what the fuck this is all about so i went on and i think one of the things it told me to retrain as was a stunt man <laughs> I was like, really, Boris? Really a stuntman? That's that's what you think I should be? I don't think that's not a good idea. No, no but it is the next line in our paragraph of, and in the quiet, his, <laughs> his bitter truth, a stuntman. <laughs> I mean, it's just dumb. It, it really, like, that. that's the tricky head-fucky part of it all, like, I think Liam Gallagher got. I think Liam Gallagher got a bricklayer or something like that. I think he was told to retrain us. Yeah. Oh Lord! But yeah, no, I was saying like you know, it's it's hard to not spiral and like get lost in all that anger with, with regards to all that. So, uh, you know, I've tried really hard to kind of switch off from all of it and not not tune in and not pay mind to it because it's just not healthy. And no. all you do is just get angry. What's the, what's the fucking point of that? That's hard enough yeah it really is um well hopefully it gets a little bit better hopefully it gets a lot better for you um especially you know when you can finally come back down and hopefully we can have another one of these conversations over a cup of tea or several bottles of expensive wine um or whatnot so um yeah hopefully we can do that maybe even sit down a, on a round table with si and a few other people and, and shoot the shit when you're back and um it's been it's been great to actually be able to sit and have a conversation with you about this stuff some really cool little inside tidbits about the hdc which have made my week um i'm not gonna lie uh where can people get in touch with you and stuff and where can people hear your music 
Um, so they can, I mainly just use Insta to be honest. So I've got um, at Raf Music, which is my kind of main one, and then at His Bitter Truth. And then on both of those in the bio, there are links to all my releases. Cool. Um, but yeah, I post a lot on there, like, well, not as much nowadays because life's a bit boring but <laughs> when, um, I post about all my news coming up um, and follow at and in the quiet as well because that's um, going to be this exciting new project um, which is coming very very soon um, and yeah they can find out more about that they can reach out say hi I'm always happy to speak to people and um, say hello <laughs> and, Cool. Well, yeah, Raf, it's been a privilege to have you on, man. It's been it's been really, really great. Um, loving the work, loving everything you've been doing. Also, if you do check out Raf's Instagram, check out the videos of him uh, blasting out various tunes, and he's got his own he's got his own Raf quartet and Raf choir on there as well. Sometimes <laughs> I notice the layered videos are really, 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 really cool. So um, I might actually nick some of the audio and stick a little clip of you singing in the intro to this podcast. Actually, I think. Yeah, think I might treat people to that but um yeah mate thank you so much for coming on uh the over the hill podcast episode six I think this is so um so yeah it's it's been it's been great and as I say hopefully when you're back we can sit down over a few drinks with you know maybe sign a few others and, and shoot the shit for real um just not too many drinks because I tend to open my mouth about things I shouldn't say so <laughs> Well, look, man, thank you so much for having me on. And it really is um, an honor um, to, to be on. And thank you so much for all your support as well. It means a lot. No, you're welcome. Guys, that was Raf, a.k.a. His Bit of Truth. And uh, you've been listening to the Over the Hill podcast. Thank you very much. <laughs>